Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, what medical symptoms really mean and why we often overreact to them. It's very easy to fall into the rabbit hole where you start off with a relatively benign symptom and you end up freaked out that you have some horrible disease. Deciding how serious symptoms may be when Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Reed Pence, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show. Here's a preview of what they're covering on Viewpoints this week. This week on Viewpoints. Publishing is sort of a black box to authors. Even people who have been published don't really understand what happens once they hand their work over to the editor or to their agent. The art, craft, and business of book editing. Then, one small landscape is not going to make a huge difference. There's millions and millions of people with small landscapes all together. We can make a huge difference. Greener gardening during climate change. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Viewpoints on your favorite radio station, iTunes, and Stitcher. Just about everyone knows somebody who seems like a hypochondriac. They complain about aches and pains, and they're always looking up diseases on the internet. But then, these days, there may not be much difference between hypochondria and simply being cautious. Diseases and other symptoms are among the most popular Google searches. Most of us want to be appropriately cautious. I think there's so much information out there, and it's just so hard for all of us to be able to differentiate which is misinformation and which is actually good advice. I think it's, it's put it this way, I hope all my family members are a bit of hypochondriacs. That way they don't allow symptoms to take over and then we don't hear from them. So Dr. Mark Eisenberg, Associate Professor of Medicine at Columbia University, says it's not necessarily a bad thing to be concerned about your health when you have a pain that just won't go away. But panic? That's something else entirely. And the Internet is making it entirely too easy to imagine the worst. We are living in an era where there's information around you all the time, everywhere, and it's just a few taps away. That's Dr. Christopher Kelly, a senior clinical fellow at the Columbia University Medical Center. People for all time, of course, have been experiencing new symptoms and for all time, of course, have been stressing out about them. But until relatively recently, the only thing that you could really do about it was seek out the advice of a doctor, whether through a friend or family member or at your actual doctor's office. Now, of course, you can Google anything and get information. The problem, though, is that the information is not always in your best interest. Sometimes you look up a symptom and you end up on a website that's trying to sell you something or that's trying to keep you clicking so that they can show you more ads. And it's very easy to fall into the rabbit hole where you start off with a relatively benign symptom and you end up freaked out that you have some horrible disease. And I think that is new and something that doctors are encountering more and more. Even some websites that at first glance look trustworthy may not be. That's why Eisenberg says it's exceptionally important to consider the source. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's with all aspects of medical care and health care and nutrition. You go online or you start to read about what's the best diet, but it's always important for you to see where it's coming from and who the actual person is who's giving the advice. 
That's why Kelly and Eisenberg have co-authored a book designed to tell you what you need to know and not induce panic. It's called Am I Dying? A Complete Guide to Your Symptoms and What to Do Next. The title reflects the panic many people have over the slightest symptom and the way that websites almost always say that any symptom could be cancer. There's a lot of websites out there that are very, very large, produce a lot of information very often, and those websites depend on advertising revenue to survive. And I think that their goal is to keep you reading, to keep you clicking. And in order to do that, they have to put in front of you the worst possible outcome so that you think, oh, I need to read more about this and just keep going further and further in. People joke about reaching the end of the internet. I think that if you're looking up a symptom online, you can get there very quickly because they'll sort of rapidly take you deeper into concern. But how about liability? Can't a website get in trouble for giving people medical advice? Eisenberg says that may be one reason websites always tell you the worst possible diagnosis. Well, I think liability, it would be irresponsible for any site or anyone over the phone without actually examining a patient to you know, if someone comes in with a headache, it would be irresponsible for them not to tell people what can be the most severe aspect of it, when you really should worry. I think there's a key difference here between possible and probable, right? So yes, you have a headache. It could be brain cancer, but it's probably not the explanation. And I think that online resources don't always do a great job of guiding people towards what's likely and away from what's unlikely. And what we try to do in our book is take a a sort of a more sober approach to things for every symptom, very systematically talking about the features that should make you worried and the features that should make you feel reassured. So what symptoms should make patients sit up and take notice? If you're having crushing chest pain, especially associated with some nausea and vomiting in that sense, or shortness of breath and dizziness, and it's lasting more than five minutes, you really should call 911. Other symptoms that are people kind of ignore is when you have a sudden onset of weakness or numbness in a part of your body, particularly one half your body and especially associated with some slurred speech. I mean, you could be having a stroke and that's something you shouldn't be waiting on. But it's not just patients who've been changed forever thanks to what they can find on the internet. Doctors also have to cope with well-informed patients and also with those who have just enough knowledge to be dangerous. I think that when internet health information was still relatively new. It irritated doctors when patients would come in with a lot of ideas about what they had because it was obviously a major change from the way things were before where doctors had all the information. I think now people understand and expect that patients are going to research their symptoms through a variety of means. And as Mark says, that's appropriate. I mean, we want patients to be in tune with their bodies. It's normal to be a little anxious when you have a new symptom. And it's normal whenever you have questions or uncertainties to try to find information about it. So it's okay. It's expected and it's appropriate. However, to combat the urge to jump to a conclusion, Kelly says patients should take it slow and let their doctor take the lead. One mistake people can make when they finally do see a doctor about their symptoms is to start with what they think is the explanation. I think a better strategy is to start with just a completely unbiased description of what you've been experiencing, what your symptoms have been and how they've been evolving so that your doctor can approach you with a completely open mind because you want your doctor to consider all the possibilities and you don't want him or her to be biased up front by what you think the problem is. Of course, if by the end of the appointment, your doctor hasn't touched at all on what you think uh, is going on, 
then it's fine to ask follow-up questions and to feel at the end of the thing that you've gotten all your uncertainties addressed. But I think it's important to not start with your research. Mark Eisenberg and Christopher Kelly's book, Am I Dying?, is available now. You can find out more about it and about all our guests on our website, radiohealthjournal.net. Our studio producer is Jason Dickey. I'm Nancy Benson. Radio Health Journal returns in just a moment. The American College of Physicians, or ACP, is an organization representing internal medicine physicians, or internists. ACP is hosting its annual meeting this week in Philadelphia so doctors can keep current on the most recent advances in patient care. ACP President Dr. Anna Maria Lopez explains why it's important for adults to consider an internist for their health care. Internists are specialists in the complete care of adults, whether they are healthy or have a chronic illness. Internists are trained to diagnose and treat sudden illnesses, as well as complex medical problems. Adults with one or more chronic illnesses can especially benefit from an internist's comprehensive medical education and focus on coordinated care. Internists undergo extensive training during their three-year residency after medical school. Some internists subspecialize in specific areas, such as cardiology or endocrinology. Becoming a subspecialist requires an additional one to three years beyond residency. Learn more at acponline.org. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now, 800-568-1647. That's 800-568-1647. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-568-1647. What are you going to do with your old car? You can try selling it, you could junk it, or you can donate it to Heritage for the Blind. Your car will be towed away for free and your donation is tax deductible. Just call 1-800-835-1478. Heritage for the Blind accepts cars, vans, trucks, and boats. It doesn't matter if your vehicle runs or not. It will be towed away for free and you'll be supporting those that need help. Heritage for the Blind is a nonprofit organization that helps the visually impaired live fuller lives. Call right now to donate your car, and as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day vacation voucher to over 50 locations. Call Heritage for the Blind right now. Call 1-800-835-1478. Donating is easy, and your vehicle is towed away for free. Plus, you'll get a free vacation voucher for donating. Call now, 1-800-835-1478. That's 1-800-835-1478. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.